Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. So we're going to open our Bibles up to Luke chapter 10. I also did this on, is it, is it a podcast? I don't know what I did. Never mind. I did something with Jordan. She filmed something this week, and I talked some on this. So it's just stirring in me, and I know the Lord wants to say some things to us tonight. So you have your ears open? Yes. You ready to hear? Yes. Okay, let's, ver- let's start with verse 38. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about with much serving and came to him and said, Lord, doest thou not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. So here they are. Jesus is there, and he's ministering to the people that are there in the house. And he's talking, and Martha is in another part of the house, and she is busy. She's doing What she thinks needs to be done. She thinks this is important, is to be in there serving and and getting all of this stuff ready, whatever she is doing, and she is getting ticked off. She's in that place that she is not happy. And so she goes to Jesus to complain. Have you ever gone to Jesus and complained? You know, he has a lot to say sometimes that we don't like to hear when we bring our complaint. So she comes and she says to him, hey, Mary is sitting down on the job and I need help. And Jesus answers and he said, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. One thing is needful. One thing is needful. He's emphasizing a point here. When you're cumbered about, when things are going on, Jesus said to her, one thing is needful. And the Amplifies says that which is abundantly to your advantage. What is to your advantage? Jesus is saying this one thing is to your advantage. This is what will give you advantage over the cumbersome things, over these things that are troubling you. It's to sit at the feet of Jesus. That's easy to say, but it's not always easy to do. It's to sit at the feet so that why? It's to your advantage. Jesus said, this is to your advantage and you have a decision to make. What are you going to choose to do? (coughs) Excuse me. What is your decision in this? And so when I was looking at this, it was really right after the ladies from the Bible study left, that the Spirit of God spoke to me. And he said, this is how my church looks. He said, you've got the Marthas over here and those that are seeking the Lord. 
those that are going after the move of God, those that are going after the presence of God, those are those that are really hungry for the things of God. And then you've got the church that's going after whatever. They're doing their own thing. They're in that place that Martha loves Jesus. She does love him. So half the church loves Jesus, but they're not choosing the thing that is important to them. They're not choosing that thing that will bring an advantage. They're not taking advantage of the word. They're not taking advantage of hearing what heaven has to say. And that's the condition of the church today. And you can see that because there are churches that are hungry for God and going after the presence of God. And then there's churches. They've got a lot of good things they're doing. And I'm not saying anything wrong with good deeds. But it's those that are going after the presence. It's the people of God that are going after his presence. And he said, this is what is needful. And this is what is needful in this hour. So now we're going to turn over to John 11. And I want to share some things from there that I didn't share at the Bible study or share on the web. The web? Yay. So John chapter 11. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was Mary which anointed the feet of the Lord with ointment and wiped, the Lord, and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother's Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. So Jesus is sitting here. He gets the news. Martha and Mary send the news to Jesus. They want him to know he needs to come because Lazarus is sick. They need him to come immediately. Jesus knows when they come. He already knows. Jesus, he knows. And he said, this sickness is not unto death. But there's a purpose for this sickness. Now, I'm not saying God gave sickness. But there is a purpose in this particular case that God is saying, this is for the glory of God. And I'm not going to rush and do it your way. I'm not going to rush in just because you've called me. I want you to trust me. I want you to stay in that place that you're trusting me. So verse 5, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So Jesus loves the church, all of us, right? And when he heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. So he wasn't moved by the circumstances. He wasn't moved by the urgency of the situation because it looked in Martha and Mary's eyes, it looked urgent. It looked like if Jesus didn't show up right when they called him, that there was going to be a problem. Have you ever felt like that? Prayed, sent a message out to the Lord, believe in God, and he's not moved. You think heaven isn't moving because you can't see it. You think nothing is being done because you can't see it. 
The circumstances don't change, so is God really moving? Maybe I need to touch God again. Maybe I need to say something again. But Jesus already knew. I'm telling you, Jesus already knows where we are and what his plan is to bring it to pass. He knows the outcome already. We have to stay in that place, holding steady and trusting him completely. And so then I want to go on down a few verses because this is about the glory of God. This is about the presence of God. This is about what God is doing. And I'm just telling you, ladies and gentlemen, this is what God is doing in this hour. God is on the move. And he's doing things and he's setting things up. In fact, some things are already set up that he is ready to do and he just wants you to hold steady. Not move, not be moved by the circumstances, not be moved by the situations. Stay in there. Keep your faith in there. Amen? So he says that it's time to go, verse 11. These things saith he after he said unto them, Our friend Lazarus speak, sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him from the sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, he sleeps, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of his, of his death, but they thought he was speaking of taking a rest in sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. So he makes it clear because they didn't have the understanding. They couldn't figure it out. And this is what he says. I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. To the intent you might believe, nevertheless, let us go unto him. So he's making a statement here to get them to understand I'm glad for your sakes that I wasn't there. For the intent, I want to strengthen your faith because he knows that he's going to the cross. He knows the future, and he knows the cross is coming. And so he's letting them know right now this is on purpose to strengthen your faith, to build what I'm about to go and do, what is about to happen I want you to be prepared for it. I want you to strengthen it because after this, not long after this, he didn't say this here, but he's going to the cross and he's going to die. And so he's saying to them, what the thing he's saying is, I want your faith strengthened because he's already talking, he's going to talk to them about dying on the cross. He's going to talk to them about three days. He's going to talk to them about that. And he wants their faith secure that he's going to be raised from the dead. So he has a plan on what he's doing. And sometimes we can't figure it out. They couldn't figure it out. They didn't understand it. And Jesus is trying to do a work in the disciples' heart so that they are prepared because these are the people that are going to take over the earth. These are the people that are going to go make a difference. These are the people that are going to have to be out there when he takes off permanently and goes that are going to have to turn the world upside down. So he's coming in and saying, and listen, it wouldn't have been anything for him to have gone earlier and raised, and raised Lazarus up from being sick. They'd seen many healings. They'd done many healings. So he was doing something specific on the inside of them to strengthen their faith. And he said, this is on purpose. I've waited on purpose 
for you. I'm just telling you, some of the things we're believing for is for our benefit. It's for our advantage. And sometimes we can't see it because we think, just like we'll see with Mary and Martha in a minute, we're thinking, well, he should just go raise them up right then. This is nothing for him. But there's a purpose in this. And he said, so they will see the glory of God. When you see the glory of God, things start changing. Things start happening. So let's read on down and go to verse 20 now. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Why didn't Mary get up? She's just waiting. She's in a place. She's just waiting. It's a good place. Jesus had already said, it's needful for you, Martha, to sit at my feet. Mary was one that sat at the feet of Jesus. She didn't move or respond quickly. Then, verse 21, Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Don't we tell God sometimes, if you just showed up, this would never have happened. I would not have had to walk through this situation if you'd just been on time. Don't we have our time schedule? I'm sure none of y'all do. We all think that there is a time because we're under pressure. We want to put Jesus, hey, you get here in my time. Not your time, Jesus, my time. That's what Martha is saying here. If you'd just been here, when we sent the word to you, Jesus, you should have responded. You should have responded to me, right? Right? Don't we ever sometimes, where are you? I need this. I need you to show up. I need you to do something. I need you to make a difference. Here I am. Lord, I sent for you, and you should have come at my command. Who are we sometimes? Who do we think we are sometimes? Jesus has got a plan. And then verse 22 but I know, I love this, but I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Yeah, I know that, Jesus, I know you. And Jesus said unto her, thy brother shall rise again. And Martha says unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day, but I wanted you to come earlier. I wanted you to do something earlier. I know, Jesus. I know who you are. I know you. The church, the church. if you're born again, they know God, but do they know God? They know of him. Martha's in a place, I know this. And Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Verse 25, and Jesus says unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, shall, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Martha, do you believe that? Do you believe that I am the resurrection? 
Do you believe that I am the life? Do you believe that I am the answer to your problem? Do you really believe? Do you really know me? Have you spent time to know who I really am? And 20, verse 27, she responds and she says, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. That's not what he asked her. He said, do you believe that I'm the resurrection? Do you believe I'm the life? If you believe in me, you'll know he that is dead will live. And she said, I know you're the Christ. I know you. But I don't really understand or know your power because you didn't show up when I thought you should. And then, verse 28, and when she had said so, she went her way, called Mary, her sister, secretly, saying, the master is come and calleth for thee. Now, we have no record that Jesus called for Mary. They don't have a record that says that. So she's prompting Mary, you get up, you go talk to Jesus. They probably had a conversation, two sisters coming together, having a conversation, you know, women are going to talk. Maybe she said to Mary, go ask him. I didn't like his answer. <laughs> I didn't like what he said. So Mary goes. So verse 29, as soon as she heard that she arose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. The, the Jews then which were with her in the house and confronted her when they saw Mary that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. So basically she's saying the same thing that Martha said. But Martha really brought a correction to Jesus. She was really upset with Jesus. Jesus didn't respond to Martha, I mean to Mary, and there's no more conversation. She just settled. She had a deeper relationship with the Lord. She's seeking the presence of God, going after God. So she doesn't know what he's going to do. She doesn't know what's going to happen. But she's in her soul. She's at peace, just watching the master. That's the place that God wants us in. In that place, we may not have all the answers, but it's just watching the master. It's just watching what he's doing. Just responding to what he's doing, not to what our souls are telling us. She's in that place just like Martha. Martha's there with her now. And they're in that place. So much of the church is in a place that they're cumbled about and they don't understand the ways of God. I said this last week. You know, the children of Israel, they knew the acts of God, but they didn't know the ways of God. They didn't know how God moved. They didn't understand it, and so it frustrated them, and it kept them back from what God had for their lives. But if you know the ways of God, then you can stand there and you, in any storm or any situation and just know God's at work. God's moving. I may not see it, I may not understand it, I may not know what to do, but if I'll just stay at the feet of Jesus, if I'll just sit there and if I'll just wait on him, I know he'll show up, and I know he's got a plan. That's learning the ways of God. 
understanding God and who he is, that no matter what the storm, no matter what is going on, you know how to sit at his feet. And so let's read on. So Jesus, verse 33, when Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? And they told him where. And then Martha, Jesus said, verse 39, Jesus said, take you away the stone. Now Martha, she's in her own strength. She's, I want you to understand, Martha and Mary are both here together. But who does the speaking? Mary is watching. She's observing. Martha goes, the sister, Martha, the sister of him was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinks, for he's been there four days. Jesus, what are you thinking? What are you about to do? Don't you know Jesus? He's been there four days. He's already begun to stink and decay, and you want the stone to be taken away? Are you off your rocker? I'm sure we've never said that in the midst of a storm, and God tells us to do something crazy. It doesn't make sense to the natural man. He says to do something contrary to what anybody else would think. And so Martha's in that place rebuking him. What's Mary doing? You hear no comment from her. She's watching. She's observing. Why? Because she did what was needful. The church today in this hour is going to have to do what is needful. They're going to have to sit at the feet of Jesus. They're going to have to begin to learn his ways. They're going to have to begin to understand how he moves. They're going to have to be in that place that no matter what they keep there, if they have to zip their lip and just watch what he does. They can't be in the place of telling Jesus what to do. Amen? Amen. Too many times we're telling Jesus the opportunity he, he can have here. He, you could do this. You could do that. There's plenty of opportunity here, Jesus. Martha is bringing correction to the Lord to try to give him direction. And he's trying to do what he said. So Jesus answers her. Listen to how he answers her. Verse 40. Said I not unto you. He's not talking to Mary because he didn't say it to Mary. He's talking to Martha. He is correcting her. And he's saying, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Did he not tell her, I am the resurrection, I am the life? Did he not say to her, preparing her for what he was about to do? And she did not have ears to hear because she was so cumbered about. She hadn't stepped into that place of trusting the Lord. Mary's not saying anything. Mary's not getting corrected. Mary's not being rebuked here. It's just Martha. 
It's how the church is today, questioning Jesus. How many people look at this Bible and question this Bible? Does he really mean that? Is that really what he says? We've got to learn, especially in this age and in this hour, with things that are going to happen, we are going to have to be at that place no matter what goes on, no matter what happens, that we're in that place, that we've got our ear open towards heaven, that we're listening so that when things are tough and it seems like things are swarming all around us, that we can key our ear in and hear what the Spirit of God is saying so we know what to do so that in the midst of whatever, we're silent. We're in, a, we're in faith. We're releasing that because we've been at the feet of Jesus and we know how to handle a situation. So the church today, see... I'm just telling you, y'all have been taught in here. You've been taught we've got to allow, apply it in a greater way than we've ever applied the word before and stay in that place of being steady and not being moved by our emotions. Martha was moved by her emotions. If she had taken the time and listened to Jesus when he said, one thing is needful for you, Martha, one thing, not ten things, one thing. One thing is needful, and it's to do just like Mary. She chose the good path. She, she chose the right thing. She knew when to sit down. She knew when to take that time to listen. She knew what to do. And that's what the teaching is in this to the, to the hungry is if you just stay in that place and don't be moved by the circumstances, don't be moved by what's going on, you will see the glory of God. Because he said to her, didn't I tell you? Didn't he tell the disciples? You'll see the glory of God. That's what he was telling them. He said, you're going to see the glory of God. So the first thing he was doing for the disciples, he wanted the disciples to be strengthened. He wanted them to be able to be in the place to see the glory of God, to strengthen them for the future, for the days ahead. That's what he was telling Martha back here. I'm trying to strengthen you for your future. I'm trying to prepare you for your future so that no matter what comes, you are ready for the future. You're ready to move when God says move, and you're ready to hold when God says hold. You know, he's looking at your future. Jesus has always got a plan for your future, but it's what you do over here that makes a difference for your future. That's why he told the disciples, I want you. I intended for you to see this. And then he says in verse uh, 46, something else happened in this story after Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. He said in verse 46, or we'll read 45, Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. So here, first of all, the disciples were strengthened, right? When they saw the glory of God, it built their faith. They saw something. And then um, that was a purpose. And then... 
It would cause lives to change. People got born again. So Jesus not only had the point when he told the disciples, this is for you, this is intent, is to strengthen your faith. And then this was salvation of souls. The glory of God was for souls got saved that day. They came to Jesus that day. That's what happened because God had a plan. See, there was much more than just raising Lazarus from the dead. There was much more there than what we could see in the natural realm. And there's an end purpose that God was working on the behalf of Lazarus, but it wasn't about Lazarus. Yes, he was raised from the dead, but it was about the strength of the faith of the disciples. It was for the salvation of souls. It was for people to see the glory of God and come into that place that they could know the Messiah. And that's what happened there. And then the other thing that happened there when the glory of God comes is the devil gets stirred up. And I believe really that's where the church is today. That we're coming in a place that the glory of God, there's a purpose for this hour. And it's a purpose that the church is going to rise up and carry the glory of God, the manifestation of the presence of God in such a way that it's going to cause souls to come in. It's going to cause the church to be strengthened. And it's caused the devil to run in havoc. I mean, they went so crazy. That's where they, they just started planning. They need to kill Jesus now. And then it's not very long after they get this brainy idea. Well, well, we need to kill Lazarus with it. That tells you the world can't think. Raise somebody from the dead and then let's go kill them. Where's the logic in that? When the devil is havoc, he doesn't make logic. So we're entering into days where the glory of God, that's what we're going after as a church. That's, we are a merry church. We are going after the presence of God. We're going after the glory of God. And we're going to see the glory and we're going to see the power in the church and we're going to see what God has longed for on this earth. There's an intended purpose for churches that carry the glory. And we are going to stir up havoc. I like it. <laughs> but in the meantime... It's needful for us to sit at the feet of Jesus. It's needful for us not to allow our emotions to overtake us. It's needful for us to wait on the Lord. And if you're waiting for a breakthrough, if you're waiting for something, which I'm sure all of us are, there's a purpose that's greater than what you can see. It's not just about your breakthrough. It wasn't just about Lazarus' breakthrough. It's bigger than that. It's greater than that. He wants to affect things that are around us. He wants to affect our, our relatives, our families. He wants to affect people's lives. He wants to change something. And he's going to do it through different ways and different plans that he had because if he wasn't going to do it, then he could have gone and healed Lazarus when he was just sick. But he has a plan, and it's much greater than what you can see. So no matter where you are 
in your faith right now. This one thing, it's needful for you to sit at the feet of Jesus. However long it may be. And maybe you only have 15 or 20 minutes. But make it purposeful. Set it in that time. I know for me, as for me, it's just what I do. It's a lifestyle I chose many years ago. And I live that way. That's my husband. He knows where I am every morning. And I've been that way for years and years. Sit at the feet of Jesus and to learn. It keeps me steady in my soul. It keeps me in that place that I watch and I look and I observe. So I know what to do. Because I believe God's going to get all the glory in whatever he does. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's Word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time, remember, you are God's best.